Welcome to Geek's Corner. I'm Mr. Dax. I'm Katie. The Triangle Weaver Spider is one of the few creatures outside of Mammalia that can use tools to its benefit. It strings up webs in a slingshot format and can launch itself with 79 G's force at its prey. So first we talk about garage door springs. And now we're talking about spiders launching themselves. I don't know which is worse. Fun story. We were just talking about garage door springs. I'm Cameron. Keep going, Cameron. Use the hashtag Geeks Corner to talk to us about your favorite spider facts or no, whatever. No, no spider facts. Or other things. That's okay, too. Don't talk about spider facts. Hashtag spider facts. Is this, is this a follow-up of the Spider-Man conversation from a week ago? Two. Two weeks ago. Time is relevant. About a week ago. A week ago. That's mm-hmm. me being hip with the kids. Okay. Am I right? Swag. So... I don't even know what to do with this. My name's Katie. <laughs> no, I just don't know where to go. Like, not that direction, that's for sure. Anyway, it has been a uh, interesting week in the Disney and Geek community. So we thought we'd go back a week further and uh, talk about one of the things from D23 Expo that we really didn't hit. Because it needed well. time. It needed time. We didn't have enough of it. And... Um, so we're going to talk about the trailer that was released uh, at D23 Expo for Star Lady Wars, The, the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, this Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, I feel like at some point we'll probably end up in Tomorrowland in the, um, the what's path, the path name of the, of the Jedi. Magic Eye Theater. Because it's like they took the Path of the Jedi and just went into 30 seconds no, and then they true, added yeah. new stuff yeah um so let's skip all of the lead up stuff is that fair to say Skip the first six yeah well the first eight yeah i mean it goes through i'm trying to think do they get the, every movie in uh okay yeah it the shot that they end on though is from the final moments of the force awakens before they go into new stuff but they do have stuff from last jedi okay cool um, so we get all of those covered, great, and then it starts giving us previews of what we're going to see in The Rise of Skywalker when it comes to theaters this fall. Space. Um, what are your first thoughts as you were looking at that? Like, what jumped out at you? Um, the Triangle Weaver Spider, which can launch itself at seven. <laughs> is that what jumped out at you? Um, my first thought is I really wonder how... Like, what role Kylo Ren is going to play in this movie? Um, man with Red Lightsaber. Man with Red Lightsaber. Okay. Exit stage left. Uh, followed by Bear. Um, no, but I... Uh, it's actually Exit Pursued by Bear. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> I, I know my Shakespeare. Um, I'm very interested to see... Because he's featured... I don't think he's really been featured super prominently in either trailer... No, he, he hasn't. Yeah. No. Um, we've seen hints of what we think is Kylo Ren in the last trailer. Well, mm-hmm. the last teaser. Um, and we do see him a bit in this. But there's some question of who... Like, not who it is, but uh, what has led him to the point where we see him, the shots that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was talking about, uh, there's the scene where they're having uh, the lightsaber battle, Rey and Kylo. And somebody zoomed in and Hans and Hans and Hans, um, Detective Glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of Kylo's moves are defensive. It's Jason Bourne. Siren is upset. 
Maddie's cat. If you guys hear a cat, that's Maddie's cat. Because she's been walking in and out, and so she's like, now um, she's like, she's like excuse now. me, mm-hmm. listen, I didn't want to come to your party, but now that you told me I can't go, why am I not inside? Pretty much. Her cat's Maleficent. So, Kylo Ren. But yeah, so Kylo, all of Kylo's moves Kylo are... Kylo Ren. Kyle. Uh, he chugs a monster. All of his moves are defensive, so Rey is attacking. <laughs> Rey is going after Kylo Ren, uh, which is pretty much the opposite of the battle in The Force Awakens in the snow, mm-hmm. um, which I think is very interesting. So we've talked about, is that Kylo Ren? Is that a vision? Is that... Visions a- in this movie? Is it a Force ghost? I thought he was destroyed by Thanos. Kylo Ren? On my Death Star, it's more likely than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a one Death Star. Well, you kept seven. Wait. Um. So yes, I'm. I know there's been a lot of talk about Rey, but I'm incredibly interested to see what ends up happening with Kylo. What? Um. Cause I know there's been a lot of murmuring of what happened. Is he going to turn good? Is there a redemption arc? Is there whatever? Um, so I'm very interested to see the storyline of where he goes, um, and of course how that's going to affect Rey, and how it's going to affect the Skywalker saga, period. Um, but I'm, I am fascinated, I think, because that's what we've seen the least of. Okay. Also Lando. What were your thoughts? You know, Star Wars is pretty cool. I'm, I'm coming around to it. I think I like it. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's no Doctor Strange, Um, but... Obviously. Uh... Yeah, I think everything we've seen in this and much of the previous one has been massive misdirect. Oh, it's yeah. very Abramsy. 100% um, agree. So Do you notice in. even the music for this reminded me so much more of when they're releasing The Force Awakens versus The Last Jedi? Hmm. Like, it's got more of that percussive pushing mm-hmm. forward thing where The Last Jedi went. I was like, oh, I want to download that soundtrack. I you mean, went that to the Last Jedi, or you went that to this? The Last Jedi was prettier music. Yeah. Um, that that they used for the trailers. This is more percussive and pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Anyway, keep going. The best trailer music came from uh, Rogue One. Uh, we're just gonna put that out there. Any biscuits? Um, I Kino. <laughs> uh, I like the choices that they have made so far, in so much that I enjoy knowing that what I've seen is not considered the big moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Abram-esque and truthfully the series-esque uh, to to always withhold the punch and if that's what they're showing that means whatever they have that they're not showing us is supposed to be more controversial and interesting um, I'm betting that the decisions made in this film based on what we're seeing in the trailer are going to be even more divisive than episode 8 mm-hmm. um, and I think there's going to be a lot of fan people, uh, both boys and girls, because we are gender inclusive in our hatred, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that will be uh, royally angry at this film uh, because they're going to make the right storytelling choice. And I'm very excited. Which I think you're right, because um, what we're going to talk about next is the John Williams concert. But one of the things that happened over the course of the weekend is John Williams mentions that he's working on the score for this film and he basically says star wars fans are gonna love the ending um, i think he said it in a weird way though he's like it's gonna put you to put you to he said uh <clears throat> i'm working on episode nine i can't say anything but the ending's gonna blow you away yeah i and think that was actually the exact wording 
Yeah, it was basically that, and he said a variation of that each night over the course of the weekend. Um, he's super excited about it. And to me, I mean, he's been part of every movie. Like, he is one of the only people, really, that are part of the behind-the-scenes creative force. He's on, I believe, their uh, story, um, Brain Trust, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm really, like, I think he's got a better opinion of these things more than anybody, because he brings the stories to life with his music. Um, there's a few interesting moments, I thought, in the trailer that are worth pulling out. Um, one, the two fleets. Mm-hmm. Like, did anybody else notice the fleets? Are you referring to the ragtag bunch of resistance ships and then the Emperor's fleet? Yes. yes. And anybody notice the second fleet? Is in earlier in the trailer? That's Imperial? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're traditional Star Destroyers yes. with, yeah. with red stripes versus um, versus the more new... And it mirrors non- earlier in the trailer, they show the Emperor's fleet in the from the prequels. And it's, yeah. it's the same ships. Which I think is amazing. Um, and it'll be, that's just getting more and more validated with uh, stories, with toys that are coming out and the stories behind the toys. Um, that I thought was super cool. Um, I'm kind of curious, the little village thing that they end up at, that's the first new scene we see from this room. Very interesting, Burning Man. Um, I'm very interested in that. Because it's definitely not Tatooine now. I don't think we're in Tatooine anymore. I was thinking something along the similar lines. I also think that's where the big hug thing that we saw, the pic- like the first picture we saw from the set, looks yeah. like it's from around that scene or something. Yeah. I'm interested <clears> if those are... I. What I'm hoping is that that's a call that was answered for the Resistance. Or a celebration at the end. Yeah. Um, it's actually uh, Yub Nub. Um... What you don't see is that those are uh, Ewoks in people suits. Oh. <laughs> and then they just go, and then yep, nub. Mm-hmm. We're back. I just like I like the the big dust poof that happens because I I like the idea of it just being some guy like found a Durklot. Here we go. Woo! Mm-hmm. Laser. <laughs> Ooh, them Skywalkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah, pull. Um, yes. So we see that. We see um, Naomi Aki's character. I'm interested in that. And a lot. it looks like they're looking at the fleet. I mean, it yeah. looks like that's going to be the big end of the movie Act battle. Um, then we see C3PO with red eyes. C3PO. If it's really C3PO with red eyes. I know. I wasn't sure. It was confusing. You must not have recognized him with red eyes. Any thoughts, predictions on that one? Triple zero. Could be that. Yeah, I, uh, it's probably that. That's um, okay. Sure, I love that theory. I think it's very probable. Um, my thing is that R two D two has been way too mean to three PO, and everyone has Pushed always one too many times. Everyone has always <laughs> said, "Oh, three PO will do it." Three PO translate. Three PO run the numbers, and three PO was like, "I am not running the numbers anymore." Like, we could have gone the other way in the desert. Like three PO just like snapped. Okay. I love. I I'm sure that that is not the. Uh, canon thing but that is my favorite theory it's just like he's been dealing with the skywalkers for so long and then he's like i'm almost done with you people and you ask me for one more thing. well there's always that theory that the movies are really about the droids not the uh the yeah. skywalkers and it could be that this is when he finally has his moment and then he starts singing this is my moment from gallivant because they're all one Aww. big happy happy family now and if uh, star wars the rise of skywalker turned into gallivant i wouldn't complain 
way back long, long ago. So do you think um, if he's not triple zero? I think he is interfacing with the ship he is on and is currently flying in. It's an uh, adaptation to what he is doing. Oh, that's a cool idea. I like that. Does um, that mean he's turning into a bad droid, or does that mean he's just... No, I think it's just like hidden... It's a... <clears throat> mode? Yeah, like it's a progression of him shutting off his actual vision to be the ship. I love okay. that idea. That's more interesting. I love <laughs> this idea of it being this big to-do and everyone's very nervous about it, and then it happens, and then 3PO is just like, oh. It's a trick he picked up from R2, taking over other things. Yeah. Like, Okay. Like, that, I love the idea of it being so let's see if that's what something happens. very non-consequential. Um, how about the big red blast? That would be the Star Destroyer or Death Star style weapon that hit the planet. Yeah, or the crate weapon. Yeah, I'm betting it's something along the lines of a crate weapon, or it's something that's been scavenged off of the Death Star that fell. It can um, be too. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking that... Well, it'd have to be all of the Death Stars were... Uh, they always shot green blasters. <laughs> Variants. Yeah. And they, they, if it's got a different power source, or if they're powering it by Kyber now or something of the sort, they'll okay. be able to change that. I don't trust Kylo Ren's Kyber crystals. Kyber, I wouldn't. Kylo Ren doesn't trust Kylo Ren's Kyber crystals. No one trusts Kylo Ren. Nobody puts Kylo Come on Ren's down and buy the Kylo Ren's Kyber, Kyber crystals. We all got right. all of the Kyber crystals. Next thing yeah. we do is we see Rey throw a lightsaber and then retrieve it like a boomerang. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing something on her. Does she have like a bandana yeah. or something yeah, on her wrist? Um, it's Which to me was the more interesting thing in the, the it, scene. It, it's actually very similar to what the folks who actually do lightsaber fighting uh, wear yeah. as a mark of mastery. Um, because there hmm. are nerds out there that are much higher level than us and actually do lightsaber fighting. So you think this is part of her training? I'm, be- I'm betting it is a continuation or it's a ranking. I, I mean, if we're doing this all as parallels, by the beginning of this film, she should be showing levels of mastery similar to what Luke had in episode six. So. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, and then we have what appears to be Rey and Kylo Ren fighting on the remnants of the Death Star in the ocean. I love it. Damak and Jalad It's This is so, where you made that comment, but... Yes. Um, I just love how cinematic this scene is. It's so grand. Gene. It's Yes, I'm a film major. Um, I'm not. <laughs> but it's not in black and white and completely letterboxed up. Um, I want subtitles. Um, put it in a different language so that I have subtitles. <laughs> um, I love how grand this shot is. Like, it's very... Uh, Large and it's like there's. It reminds me of Mustafar, honestly. It, the shots from episode four, three, 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 because uh, <clears throat> it's it's almost a direct parallel shot to being on a lava planet. Now they're on water, um, and, and, and those they shots did are say this similar. was going to pull from all of the movies beforehand, yeah. <clears throat> um, which clearly it is because the final scene is. I wonder if Kyle's going to get the high ground. It's know. over, Ray. But the last scene is Ray with the the. Um, Double bladed lightsaber. Yes. What are the possibilities? Swiss Army blade. So many. Yes, actually. I feel so, like that's always a possibility in Star Wars no. now because Darth Maul is like. Popping up. So you know how we yeah. just talked about the Ewoks? Yeah. And they went. Do so you think it's another Ewok? It's Darth Maul. It's two Ewoks. Okay. It's two Ewoks, but they have face paint to be Darth Maul. Maul. And they just go. So seriously though, what are the possibilities? I, it's it's either going to be another Force Vision, mm-hmm. um, it is going to be not Rey, yes. uh, or a, a clone of Rey of I some love, sort. Love I love that the theory. clone theory. Um, 
or it is going to be uh, similar to a forced vision, an image implanted by uh, Kylo or the Emperor or someone uh, showing possibilities of power. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, ultimately, it is a, a choice Rey makes in order to defeat an element she cannot best without using the dark side, like the Knights of Ren, um, which would be, in my opinion, the more interesting choice, um, having to sacrifice her reverence for the light side to defeat the dark side for the greater good, which would be a great Jedi choice. Also, we get to see her fight the Knights of Ren, which would be the coolest thing ever. Which we probably will either way, I feel like that's going to happen. It is interesting looking at the walls behind her in that scene, because I think there's definitely some... I don't know that it tells anything, but it kind of looks like it could be in the um, Force Cave, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> underneath Haktu. And um, Yes, but it kind of has that same similar look and feel as when she went down under there and had the mirror thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so who knows? Like, it could be anything. Um, what I love is that there's a theory out there that when they touched hands... Um, that this is the vision that Kylo saw of her future. Which could be really cool. She saw him having a redemption or light because she says there's light in him. I saw it. Um, And there's a theory out there. This is the vision that he saw. Well, and that's an interesting thing too because they show the touching hand. I mean, there's a lot of human connection in this. Mm -hmm. If you think through all of these different scenes we see going back before the current film. And and then you kind of wonder if maybe the whole film is about how the difference between the light and the dark is the connections that you have or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the real force power is the, the friends, friends we made, made along the way. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it might end about. up being something like that. Uh, I don't know that that's... I kind of hope not. But um, I hope, and I hope that they have uh, a cheesy thing where they like shake hands and they go, wow, you can really say that this is the uh, Rise of Skywalker. The other interesting thing for me since then is seeing um, the John Williams concert on Friday night. Um, they played the um, Han and the Princess piece, which is a really pretty piece. And it basically went through the Skywalker lineage in the films. And the thing I sat there watching and I was like, oh, okay, well, here's... They showed little Annie and um, Padme when they first met. And then they showed their love story. And then they showed baby Leia. Then they show episode four Leia. And, like, they basically worked through the chronological, the the Star Wars saga or Skywalker saga. And the weirdest part for me was when they got to the current trilogy... Everybody's family up until episode eight. Here's a bug. And I know. Episode eight. Then they start adding Ray into the video. And she was they showed Ray with Leia, they showed Ray with Han, they showed Kylo with with Han, they showed Leia and Han. And I just thought it was and they show they showed Luke and Leia. And they showed from, uh, Colonel Mustard in the aviary with the No, because he's not a Skywalker. Um, and it was, think? That's the twist. That could be a twist. But I, I did find it. I don't know if it's it's just something that worked out that way because it looked good on screen or if it was something that later on we're like, oh. Um, but it was it, it was interesting enough that as the song was playing, I wrote in my notes on my phone, like, why is Ray in a Skywalker-centric, like, everything's family and then Ray's there. And, like, Kylo Ren made sense. 
Luke made sense. Ray did not to me. Yeah. her new fame. Um, very. Let's just keep moving on with that. Actually, uh, John Williams concert was this weekend. What is John Williams' best score ever? Ever? And why? Yeah. What's your favorite John Williams score? Uh, is that score and song moment? Score, like the score. entire soundtrack. That's hard. Because I think if you were to do specific song, um, that would narrow it down quite a bit. I love Jurassic <clears throat> Park. Can we narrow it by movie? Yes? Yeah, do it to cool. the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Episode 7. <clears throat> the Force Awakens, huh? Yeah. Tell special. me why. Uh, a couple of reasons. I'm one, not opposed to it. I'm just um, curious. One, uh, the original stuff in it is amazing. Scherzo for Excellence is my favorite uh, John Williams piece ever. I should have um, gone there. And uh, two, he is the only person in the world that you can believe is humble enough to play with his own themes and motifs in a creative and fun way. You don't feel he's just being egotistical. He's using it for story-centric choices. Which he is. Uh, which he is. And he does it so nuanced and seven that every time he reintroduces one of his own themes, it's relevant, it's referential, and yeah. adds to the story. I mean, he's a storyteller through music, and I think Seven is the best example of what uh, years of skill at that can do. Well, I, I feel like to, to add to you, Ray's theme is actually yeah. a Brilliant. prominent reason that, or a very dominant reason, actually, yeah. that he's doing these next two films is because he said um, he didn't want anybody else to write for Ray mm -hmm. when, when he wrote for Episode 7. I think that's that makes a lot of sense. Katie, which one did you pick and why? Uh, why well, just said Jurassic Park? Yeah, but why? I don't know, man. Cameron and I scared her. Um, but that's a good point, though, is that I, I know that you and I, uh, there's a podcast where they talk about the the soundtracks and the music. Yeah, the soundtrack show. Soundtrack show. Very good show. Check it out on the podcast. App. Yes. Well, whichever one of your choice. Yeah, whatever yeah. you feel like doing. Mm -hmm. I use Spotify. Um, yeah. but the way that they play with silence and with music, um, it's, John Williams shows how, uh, smart he is with writing music because he wrote a lot of music, but he basically was like, don't use this. Like, he's like, yeah, if you want music for this scene, here it is, but don't use music for it. Um, because this scene, and they, there were scenes that they played, oh, here's it with music, here's without music. Um, and it's incredibly fascinating because that movie, part of why it's so terrifying is that there's a lack of comfort of music. And to, to the point of that soundtrack, people forget that before Jurassic Park, there was not a conceptual audio pattern for dinosaurs. Um, and then everything yeah. after that is there. It's the same thing, and it's really relevant in the very opening sequence. You have that, uh, and then uh, uh, all those like minor jumps. Mm -hmm. um, before that, it was all that were choral. Also, yeah. like there wasn't a lot of choral soundtrack music. But before either. that, everything for dinosaurs was classical. They would use yeah. classical scoring for any time they showed dinosaurs, and they kind of yeah. almost referenced that. And it was almost whimsical. Yeah, and they, they, it was comedic in that they referenced it in that way in Jurassic Parks when they show. Like the, oh, ooh, places look big, score, boom, boom. So yeah. he's making reference to the fact, and then it's such a dynamic change that after that, you can't imagine hearing dinosaurs in not that almost animalistic jungle, minor key, yeah. weird funkiness. Dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give you my favorite one, but I'm going to give a notable mention just because I'm going to go a completely different direction just because it shows John Williams' brilliance. And, and I could go hook with this, but I'm not going course, to. It's um, surprising. I'm going to go Home Alone. Oh, okay. 
Home Alone showed that John Williams could pull from a completely different area and pull Christmas and do it better than anybody. It's true. While still making um, the antics of a, what a 12 year old boy feel like a, well, it was a blockbuster film, really. Like, yeah. It, it took things in a completely different direction and and he made things that were exciting, he made things that were poignant, and he made things that were humorous all in the same film. Very whimsical. It's a very good example because uh, I was just reading or listening. Some point is Home Alone doesn't work without the framing devices and music being a huge part of that framing device because if you don't have the levity of the music and if you don't have certain timing choices in that, it is a very dark film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An ex there is a kid alone who is being attacked by adults and he's defending himself. Yeah. It is a dark film. Which, honestly, though, and, and <laughs> this is with Disney+, Plus, they're going to return to this. This is where the big risk is, is if you don't have somebody like John Williams that adds that balance, it could be a really interesting thing. Um, let us know what you think your favorite or what your favorite John Williams score is in the comments or on Twitter, and we will respond as soon as we possibly can, and we're not dying of heat. Um, big Thunder Mountain turned 40 this week. It was uh, yesterday, actually. Um, they had stickers. They had a... a circle that you can take pictures with. A circle? And, um, <laughs> it's around. It's a photo circle. They had a circle. Um, nothing on it. Just a circle. But it's amazing for a attraction or an attraction that's 40 years old how well it's held up. And yes, they've redone track a few years ago and things like that. But, but they've done that to other attractions as old and they don't hold up as well either. Right. And in this one, I think, holds up better than just about all of them. But very quickly, um, what is your favorite Disneyland mountain? If it's not Big Thunder Ooh. Mountain. Space. Space Mountain. Original hyperspace. Rock. Chikino version. I never did Rockin'. Rockin'. I did yeah. not have a pass during Rockin'. I did. I, I didn't either. I didn't see it. Yeah. It was I I'm glad I did it. It was like a summer thing and I never went during summer. And it didn't even well, last it, the whole summer. I was gonna say it got cut short. It's supposed to be a year. Yeah, but and anyway. Then it ended up favorite mountain. Because we're running out of time. Uh Jakina Mountain. Jakeo Mountain. Splurge for memories. Splash Mountain? Yeah. Oh my goodness. How many times was that? I'm amazed you admit that, but that's okay. S splash? I think. Or is it the 27? Splash. Yeah, Splash. Yeah, I think, I think I would go with Space Mountain, Jakeo version as well. That one's a lot of fun. Although, I really do like Hyperspace Mountain. That's a lot of I fun. I do love that Hyperspace. That was a very close um, for me. Yeah, that, that one is a lot of fun. Um, we're going to wrap things up very quickly with a brief discussion about the movies that are coming out from the Walt Disney Company through the rest of the year. So we're going to make some quick predictions about what we're most excited about, what we think is going to completely bomb, and what's going to be the unexpected surprise for Perfect. the year. Um, so we've got Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker coming out, Frozen 2, Maleficent Mistress of Evil, Lady and the Tramp, Noelle, Ad Astra, because Fox is now part of Disney, along with Ford versus Ferrari, and the hit animated film. <laughs> spies in disguise so as we go through this list mm -hmm. um which one first off are you most looking forward to all right let's go walker yeah okay that's not a good question i, was gonna say. I don't think it is either but i i could be surprised i guess a little bit um i guess my next question what's what's the second favorite because i feel like we could be entering the realm of disney plus and frozen 2 Frozen 2 is not number two for you? I think so. It wouldn't have been until the last couple trailers, but yeah, Frozen 2 as well. I'm going to agree on that. And then after that? Noelle. I was going to say. I was going to say, Noelle is going up yeah. on my list. I'm very excited about Noelle. It, it has strong Hallmark scent about it. Yeah. And um, it's 
It's if Hallmark had produced Elf in my mind. It's just fun. If, yeah, it feels like a go. mix between Elf and the Santa Claus. Yeah. It's it's a non-consequential movie that's just fun Christmas. I think that's that, that's exactly the point is that there are no stakes in this film. Yeah. That's, and that's probably why it will end up being be a yearly classic. Yeah. Like I feel like it's going to become an instant hit and people are going to love it. Yeah. Um I think we should not uh like we can do a little bit on Lady and the Tramp. You don't like talking dogs. Cameron Thoughts? Don't no, care. never mind. I'm glad that they're giving work to actual dogs. Yeah, I think too. it's great that they're shelter and dogs. dogs. And yes. every dog got a uh, forever home after this this yeah. film that was used in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. I think it's going to be cute. Um, I have zero interest in Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. I think so. that's going to be the... I think it's going to be the surprise bomb of the year because I think Disney really thinks this is going to take off. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a bomb. I really don't. And you think it's going to take off? I think I am not going to enjoy it just as much as you won't. Um, but it's going to make plenty of money. It's going to make it, money, but it's going to be, it's not going to enter anywhere near the billion dollar club. And that's going to be no, a bomb in Disney's But book. here's the thing. They didn't make it for us. That's not, not just us. Who'd they make it for us. though? They made it for the international market. Okay. They, I'll give you that. Yeah. It's, it's completely a film Go, to, to fill the coffers for the year. They're making it for the person that I saw on Sunday at Disneyland with an Angelina Jolie Maleficent tattoo. Okay. Woof. So... It was well done. But it's not going to come anywhere near Frozen 2 in, in box office receipts. No. no. <laughs> I'm glad we agree. All right, uh, we're going to skip Ad Astra because it's just a space movie that we're probably never going to hear again after this winter. That's Was that December also? I forgot when it came out. Um, that, that one also, I think, is the most potential for a wild card. It could be interesting. It could be a wild, yeah. wild card. I just feel like Disney's not putting a ton of efforts yet into Fox because it's not the stuff that they've developed there. Yeah, they didn't and put a so, lot of effort into Lion King either. Oh, I, I mean the original. Not, not the <laughs> oh, one. okay. I was like, I was like, yeah, they did. No, no, that one they did okay. a bunch, but the original um, Lion King was the second film of that year. Ford versus Ferrari could be intriguing. I think it's got a niche market. Also, it'll. It's Burn not going to blow away. The real one we need to talk about, though, is Spies in Disguise. <laughs> the hit film of 2019. Tom, Tom Holland. Yes. Who else? Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. And Rashida Jones. Ooh. In an animated film, is it Tom Holland that becomes... No, the, Will Smith becomes... Oh, Will, Will Smith becomes a pigeon. Because of Tom Holland. Because of Tom Holland. Thank you. So, I feel like there was a bunch of creatives in a room... And they're like, what can we do that would be wrong for this movie? And then they made it. Have you seen the trailer? I just want you to I just, you know. Have you seen the trailer? No, this? do I need to watch this? It looks weirdly funny. I've been hearing podcasts about it, and literally everybody's like, this looks terrible, but I want to see it. Exactly. And and that's kind of where I'm at right now after listening to this. I'm like, this sounds terrible. It's being released on Christmas Day, and I kind of want to see it. Here's my honest question uh, for you, and, and it's my argument for why it's going to do extremely well. Yeah. Did you see the Trolls film? Yeah. Okay. Trolls was made for kids yep. with emphasis on repeatability yep. and watching until the DVD burns out. Yep. And it has just enough adult-centric humor that in it. That kept you engaged. That kept you engaged. Yep. That's going to be this film. I'm way more excited about this than I was Trolls. Like, Trolls is like, oh, that looks fun. This, I'm like, that looks terrible and I can't wait to see it. Now, what Trolls had going for it is they had genius marketing behind it and that they didn't advertise it some, but they got a bunch of internet celebrities to do voices in it. I remember um, that. Which Trolls 2 is going to have the McElroy brothers in it. Super, super stoked about it. That's neither here nor there. Um, But 
I'm using that as a comparison. They've taken three very, very large voices for this to engage the adult audience because kids don't care about it. And they're super popular right yeah. now. Like they're well, yeah, but kids don't care. They want the funny movie <clears throat> with the moving and the, the They want actions. the pigeon movie. Play the pigeon movie. Um, and it's going to okay. serve the purpose of engaging the adults enough that it's going to make it appeasing to repeat. Well, and it doesn't have to do super well. It's nope. Blue Sky, and they're yeah. not the biggest animation studio on the block and their their movies are made fairly cheaply and and so its definition of success is a much lower bar and if it actually is what we think it is the definition of success might be completely blown out of the water and go a whole lot further and i wouldn't go to the geekscorner.com that's um you should use that as a reference for when i want to finish sentences but then don't get the chance to it happens that a lot works. you should go to dashlogic.com check out all the disney and geek news as it happens subscribe to our mailing list and find our patreon and make sure you subscribe to this youtube channel we have a ton of new content up over the last few weeks and we've got a ton more coming in the coming weeks so you don't want to miss that we've got halloween parties coming we've got we've got lots of stuff <laughs> we've got other things well, all the Halloween stuff on, on this a... weekend, too. And uh, so hopefully the weather is nice for us. But uh, that is all the time we have for you this week. So we will see you around the corner. Bye.